What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Offbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz, and I'm so excited, man. So excited for today's episode, man. Uh, we have a special guest here with us today, man, and I'm so grateful to have Jonathan Jimenez, a.k.a. Johnny Swole. What's up, my brother? George, what's up, brother? Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm just as excited as you are to be here. Um, you know, it, it's it's an honor to be here, um, to share my life story, um, who I am as a person. And, um, you know, it's one of those things I tell people, this is me as a person, right? Yeah. Everybody may know me as Johnny Swole, yeah. this buff, bald, intimidating-looking guy, right? Because <laughs> everywhere I go, I get people, like, stuttering or yeah. getting nervous talking to me. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm just human, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> Like, don't be scared, man. Like, I don't bite. I don't, I don't eat, you know? So thank you for having me, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's an honor, and I'm really excited to talk about touch uh, bases about my life or what I've been through and to share with others, man, because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we all need some kind of uh, inspiration or, you know, uh, words of encouragement in particular, because, you know, with the way the world is nowadays, it's yeah. like you, you see more negative and more uh, bad things going on. Yeah. It's like, why don't we just put people in the spotlight and, you know, have, yeah. have them share their stories to to, you know, uh, inspire others yeah. or help others out, you know? So I think what you're doing is great. Thank you. When Thank I you. saw Anthony's podcast and, you know, other people that you've been doing, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. maybe one day. And then you asked me and I was yeah. just like, okay, the day oh, has yeah, come. Yeah, man. Yeah, when you told me, you're like, oh, man, let me know. I was like, honestly, man, because I, I had been seeing, I, I, I've been seeing you yeah. um, there at, at, at Self Made. And, and honestly, man, like, you know, like you said, man, you know, I, I'd look at you and I'd be like, man, you know what, there's, because I've always had a, a fascination for bodybuilding myself, sure. man. And um, because I, I understand and I see that it's a sport within itself and the level of work and yeah. discipline that it takes, man. So right. I was like, man, if I can get him to come on and, and uh, share his story, that would be awesome. So when that opportunity happened, dude, I jumped. I'm like, and when you said, yeah, I was like, heck, yeah, let's <laughs> do this, man. It's going to be fun. I, I always tell people, man, uh, it's God's plan. Yeah. You know, God's plan, and he puts people in your life uh, for a reason, and I believe that today uh, it's God's plan for us to meet and talk in a divine appointment to share my lifelong story of who I am as a person yeah, and uh, what I've been through. <clears throat> so, yeah, man, I mean, I'm just super excited. This is what I live for, man, honestly. Um, I used to – I've actually never been, like, a very shy guy, right? Like, I just – I love talking to people because I like learning about them. Yeah. Right? I'm learning a lot about you. I've learned a lot about my clients that come and train with me or seek my uh, guidance and knowledge. Yeah. And so, you know, it fascinates me. People's life story, yeah. people's bodies, uh, people's bodies, you know, disabilities or yeah. capabilities, right? So that's, I feel like God has given me this gift as a person that can help others, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually too, you know yeah. I mean? I don't wanna say that I'm a religious man because I'm not, I'm about a relationship with God. That's and right. I tell people right. it's not about religion, it's about relationship with God, man. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that, you know, you have to be going to church all the time and ushering and all this stuff. Like, yeah, that's great if that's planted in your heart to yeah. do, right? But I think what's most importantly is that you have a relationship with God and that you honor him 
and at the same time, show the love from God within you to others. Exactly. A lot of to the world around yeah, us. Yeah, a lot of people are hurting nowadays. A lot of people, because they don't know God, or they don't have that relationship with him. They don't feel like, they almost feel like the world's against them. Yeah. Right? And uh, I like to make people feel like the world's not against you. The world's for you. Yeah. But what is it that you have in you that you can share to the world? Right? Yeah. And then eventually if they get to know God, great. You know, like they can figure out their gifts. They can yeah. figure out their love and passions for what they want to do. Yeah. But most importantly, I always tell people, you know, really dig deep about what you're passionate about. What do you think you're good at? You know, and it'll come easy. And then as you build that relationship with good old God, man, it's like, yeah, life makes sense. You yeah. Know? And I love that because that, I, I've all, I'm a big believer in that, that. Within the four walls, you know, it's a place where we build community, where sure. we build our relationship, where we worship, we do all that, yeah. all that good stuff. Absolutely. But in all reality, you know, the, the true reflection of God's love is going to be what we do outside of sure. the four walls. You Absolutely. know, so I love that that mindset, um, you know, that you have that you say, man, you know what? My my goal is to be able to express the love of God to other people, yeah. you know. And so tell us a little bit about yourself johnny tell us a little bit about you know yourself growing up how was it so <clears throat> um 34 right and a lot of people are like oh you're young it's like yeah i'm young but i've been through i've been through some stuff i'm sure everybody has uh but the thing is going through stuff and getting through it right and yeah. still being a good person and still having love for others even though people have done you bad or yeah. betrayed you or cheated on you whatever the case may be right I just, you know, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Okay. <clears throat> what right? part of L.A.? I was, uh, at first we were living in Vermont, no, Vermont 108th, right? Okay, like all right. Projects. Okay. <laughs> in the hood, hood. Yeah. <laughs> Vermont in 36, and then we upgraded to Vermont and Melrose. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> A little bougie, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, all right. It took time, though. You know, my yeah. mom and dad are, you know, both immigrants, and they came to this country to give me an opportunity. And your dad is from? My dad is from Guatemala. Guatemala, yeah. okay. Yeah, Guatemala, Central, Central America. Central America, you know. And so, you know, Salvador, we got Honduras, like yeah. all our family are out there, right? And my mom's from Mexico, uh, Michoacan. Hey, Querétaro. shout out to Michoacan. <laughs> <laughs> In Querétaro. So, you know, I've all been right. to both countries, you know. And what's crazy is, you know, being born and raised in Los Angeles, California, it, it was a pride stamp. And the reason I say that mm -hmm. is because growing up, <clears throat> watching TV, I had idols that I idolized. For one, you're going to know who that is. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Right? Arnold. Yeah. John claude Van Damme. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. You know, uh, we got uh, Steven Seagal. Yeah. Uh, Jackie, I mean, Jackie Chan. Bruce Lee. Yeah. The list goes on, right? So... Michael Jordan. So I, growing up, I saw Kobe Bryant. <clears throat> of course, I got to throw the Mamba there. Yeah, you know, Black Mamba. The Black Mamba. Rest in peace, man. Yes, yeah. that that hit hard because that he did, was man. a mentor of mine growing up, watching him, and I wanted to be like him. Everybody did, you know. Everybody wanted yeah. to be like Mike. Everybody wanted to be like Kobe, right? And so, and I think what I'm. Let me just pause. Yeah, I, did ahead. it? Did it hit you hard? It hit me. I think the reason why it hit me so much. Was because it was him and his daughter. Yes, and that, that's why it, it was like painful because, yeah. you know, it made me think like, man, like, uh, he went out with his daughter. Like, that's yeah. the worst feeling, you know. And what really hit home was like, what do you do when the plane's going down? Brace yourself, hug her, kiss her, yeah. say I love you. 
you know it, it's yeah. just that 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 feeling right there just it's devastating to yeah. think those yeah. last seconds coming that, down from the that helicopter was, that was my thought too man i was yeah te- like i literally teared up and yeah. i and I, I mean and i've always been a fan but mm-hmm. uh that just because i'm you know i think you two um i have a daughter yeah. you know so that she? was she's 10 oh okay minus yeah. 12 now so yeah so so that <laughs> Is was that the only one or you got more I have two boys, two okay. boys, and then my girl. Man, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got one right now. Once upon a time, I had uh, two. That was just my stepkids. I was previously previously married for yeah. about nine years or eight years, all her life. But going back to you know being raised in Los yeah, Angeles, California, LA. man, like you know, it's born raised in L.A., man. Tupac, yeah. you know, Tupac, he was yeah, to live and West die Coast, in LA, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it brought that swag in me, and you know, growing up watching all these movies and Arnold, and you know, like you said, the muscles, right? It was fascinating for me too because I was the skinny guy like all my life. I had a hard time building muscle. And because I didn't have the proper diet, I didn't have the proper knowledge, right? Yeah. So I was just a kid in L.A. that loved sports, loved being active. And honestly, what kept me out of trouble in Los Angeles, California, back in you know the 90s, um, 2000s, was sports. Being athletic, man. I, yeah. I, was, I played every sport you could think about. Soccer, football, track and field. I was a lifeguard. I was baseball, basketball, you know. It's everything. Uh, everything. Yeah. I just want, I just, you know, what's crazy is as a kid, and I hope it doesn't come out cocky, I was, I just knew that God put something in my heart that I was going to be someone in yeah. life. And I would express myself to certain friends, like, hey, I'm going to be someone in life. People are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they'll just brush yeah. it off, right? But deep down in my heart, I knew I was going to become something special. And everybody should feel that way because yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm a big believer that God embeds these gifts in your life, in your heart, Mm -hmm. in your mind, and you have to figure those out. And of course, you know, my parents believed in God, but you know, um, my mom at first, she started having me go to like Catholic church, right? And you know, it was cool, I just, I didn't understand why I go to church. I think I think like the like probably like ninety nine percent of Hispanics are Catholics, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what though, man. The one thing that was kind of like, oh man, this is having to confess to a father was like. I'm only eight. How yeah, how much yeah, of a sinner yeah. can I be besides stealing gum yeah, and yeah. being, you know, mouthy to my mom? Right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't understand the concept. Yeah. But I know. was terrified of that. I, I don't think I ever did that because I was just like, uh. I did it twice. I just didn't like like it. I was yeah. kind of like, man, I'd rather just pray to God and ask Him for forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? But anyway, so yeah, I did all that, you know, first communion, and you know, over time, I just grew up and you know, started going to Christian churches and just come as you are. And yeah. it was, it was kind of more like, okay, when my time is, when I'm ready to 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 really live God's purpose, then I think I'll go for it, right? Yeah. But again, like going back to uh, God planting that in my heart and, and mind to do something, something in the athletics, yeah, fitness. You know, I'll share with you uh, one story. So in 2020, I landed two fitness magazines, the Men Fitness, um, and basically it's like, if you land one of those magazines, you're just you're doing something right. Yeah, in the and that was the industry. cover, right? Two of them, yeah. So That's, what's crazy is going back from that cover. I'll get back to that because there's a lot of that I could tap into, but I just gotta stay in the course, yeah, right? Yeah. So back in when I was like 12, about my daughter's age, you know, I must have been like sixth, seventh grade. I was really fascinated with building my muscles. I just didn't know how. So I don't know if you remember uh, back then, today, nowadays, they're called Rite Aids. 
Yeah. Back then they were called thrifties. Thrifties, yeah, yeah, yeah. So any any of you millennials don't know about yeah. thrifties, man. It's all good. Like, you know, at once upon a time that was called thrifty, not yeah, yeah. Aid, right? Now they they well they, they it's funny they kept the, their ice cream the yes, brand. Yes, it's thrifty, right? It's the best. Well, it's original. So okay. Yeah. Every time we go to thrifty, my mother and I, or my father, um, that's the first thing. Like, mom, can you buy me some ice cream? Yeah, you know, they buy me a little cone. It was like seventy five cents, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was probably like a dollar fifty or two bucks. So <clears throat> she bought me my ice cream. She did her shopping. I went straight to the magazine section, right? This is at 12. I had no idea what manifestation was whatsoever. Yeah. I just found out like five years ago, and I'm 34. So I was in the magazine section, you know, looking at the Muscle and Fitness, Flex Magazine, Iron Magazine. I was just flipping through pages, looking at yeah. Arnold, be like, man, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. Right? Um, and so... I would read like the the routines and you know I'd be like okay what's a bicep curl what's a bench press you know I just yeah. I was fascinated as a kid like any kid and so you know me and my buddies in our neighborhood one of them had a bench press and a barbell curl so we were just bench pressing our butts off and <laughs> curling away and curl for your girls and just you yeah. know being boys being boys right yeah so my mom she I think that day we went to go buy some Q-tips some algodones cotton you know for, <laughs> for her nails and stuff yeah. that she needed right and so she passes by the aisle she's like johnny johnny I'm like yeah mom well, what's up yeah vamonos i'm like mom i was really into this magazine can you buy it for me he said no 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 yeah vamonos don't think about it you know mom's all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you understand that's yeah, why you're laughing man. <laughs> oh man i can never sick. walk away to start with something <laughs> right and so I was like, Mom, me compré esta magazine. She's like, no, 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 no tengo dinero. Okay, vámonos. I don't have enough money. Like, we came for one thing, one yeah, thing only. And yeah, yeah. Like, oh, watch. When I get older, I'm going to be in one of these magazines. Okay, hijo, sí, está bien. That's yeah. nice. But put it back. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm 12, right? I'm yeah. like manifesting what I want to do or become. Yeah, yeah. And I believed it. I believed that at 12 years old that it was going to happen. Yeah. I, I just, I had a feeling that in due time, as I got older, I was going to accomplish the goal, right? And so fast forward to 2020, right? I mean, I've been bodybuilding prior to that. Actually, I, I started bodybuilding in 2005. 2005, that's yeah. when you officially... Yeah, competitively. Competitively. You know, I started, you know, at Venice Beach, a small competition. Not The competition was good, but it was like, it's gotten so much advanced yeah. now, right? But that was my first show ever. I had no coach for like, sorry, 10 years. And uh, just kind of self-taught, Yeah. right? I was a trainer, though. I started personal training in 2005, too. Okay. At 24 Fitness. This was when we had moved out here in the IE. You guys were already out yeah, in the IE? Yeah, we moved out here around 2005. And so, like I said, growing up in L.A. was great. I didn't want to move from L.A. I wanted to live there and stay there and just, yeah. L.A. was home. Live and die in right? L.A., Live and die in L.A., yeah. yeah. So I was like, so actually, I had to graduate high school um, in, in 2005. So I stayed with my cousin out there until I graduated because I did not want to come over here. When I came out here, I was like, what the heck is San Bernardino? Right? Yeah. Desert and just, everything's so secluded and separated, yeah. right? Yeah. I was used to rolling on the bus, taking the Metrolink everywhere, you yeah. know, the underground Metro. And so, yeah, man, finally moved out here and started personal training at a 24-hour fitness here in Waterman. And, you know, those... those. Yeah, I remember the, the one remember right there one? on East the... East Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Next to Rock yeah. Church? Uh-huh. 
It, you know what's crazy? I'll talk about that too. Man, I got so much to talk about. Like, <laughs> you, know, you sure an hour's enough? I'm just <laughs> uh, we I'll can't bore everybody, you know? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, man, like I said, uh, I had manifested about being in a fitness magazine and believed it. I, I developed a passion through working out, fitness. And, you know, it, it's cool because I discovered my passion at a young yeah. age, of which was athletics. Or I wanted to honestly be a, like a professional football player. Yeah, a basketball player, but little did I find out I wasn't tall enough to be a basketball player. <laughs> Bro, that story of my life, man. <laughs> right? That was like I, I I grew up loving sports too, yeah. man. And but I love I love I just kind of want to pause a little bit on yeah. what you said right now, and and you're you know the way you express yourself. You said, man, um, I hope it doesn't sound cocky, but the thing is, man, that I love the way that you're expressing it because the truth is, man, that I think more people, more kids. They need to. They need to hear that. Yeah. They need to hear that, because you know what? I think that that's what a lot of people who grow up in in low income neighborhoods sure. and and um, low income housing, and and you know L A. Like for example, you say you grew up in L A. in the nineties. Man, that was the epidemic of gangs. That was like, you know, you what's know? crazy? I actually um, when Ronnie King got beat down. By yeah, the, the cops, riots. I was on my way to the SWAT meet with my mom. <sighs> And the SWAT me roof was on fire. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Right? Helicopters, cops, sirens, like everybody's going bananas. Yeah. This is a 94, right? Something, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, 93, so, 94. Yeah, and I was just like, man, like, oh, is this the end of the world? Like, what's up? Yeah. You know, are we having like this military invasion? Russians are coming in? <laughs> you know, I had no idea, right? Yeah. So my mom was freaked out too, man. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we found out what had happened with the racism and all that stuff. And, yeah. You know, I actually grew up through a lot of racism over there with each other, like Latinos, you know, African-Americans, Asians, whites. Yeah. It was L.A., something about L.A. is so much diversity. Yeah. Even like elementary school, my middle school, my high school. Um, there was so much diversity of cultures, you know, that growing up around that time. Yeah. There was a lot of gang, you know, violence. Yeah. And so that's why I stayed in sports because once, one time my father told me, be a leader, not a follower. He said. That's what I tell myself. Right? Yeah. And I tell that to my daughter too. I share that. I share, I mentor my daughter so much. Like I basically, cause my father is an amazing father. So is my mother. I, I love them to death. Yeah. They've showed me unconditional love. They brought me to this world. So for my uh, aspect of my life, I want to make them proud. Yeah. That they raised me in the right way and to show others respect you know, integrity is everything, right? Yeah. Uh, not lying about things. But who doesn't lie as a kid, right? We all grow up thinking that, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. So my dad, my, my father taught me at a young age to be a, f be a leader, not a follower. And so I grasped that concept at a, such a young age. I was like, you're right, Dad. I see all these friends of mine that yeah. are joining gangs, getting killed, doing drugs. Yeah. I didn't do none of that, you know? I, yeah. didn't, I stayed away from all drugs and drinking and everybody else was stealing and just my thing was like you know what that's not mine why am i gonna yeah. steal it but i did have friends that would steal yeah and i was hanging out with them and then a couple of times i got in trouble like yeah i was hanging out with them exactly <laughs> right? yeah good company uh bad company corrupts good character correct and I, and that's why man I, I love that you brought that up because the thing is man that they need to know that and i think a lot of people know that a lot yeah. of people know that there is something that could be great within their life yeah but Sometimes because of the bad company that they're in, you know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes they allow that, that dream, that greatness that's inside of us, yeah. we allow it to die. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I share that with my daughter now, even though she's she's 12. I'm like, baby girl, I'll tell you something. Life, every decision you make has a consequence. Yeah. So just know before you do something, mm-hmm. think about it. 100%. Don't just do it. Yeah. Because a lot of people react through emotions, through, through influence, right? Or through anger. Yeah. And so I get it. You know, we all go through anger times where we're upset with somebody or somebody said something that rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. You just want to retaliate, right? And there's some people that re- that just react to emotions. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, just whatever they're going through. Yeah. So I tell my daughter, I'm like, you know, you need to think about what you do when you do it. Yeah. Because there's a consequence to everything you do in life. Yeah. And so whether it's good or bad, but always do good when nobody's watching. Yeah. You will be rewarded, you know? And so, you know, like I said, growing up in that era, man, like, I had a lot of guys coming up to me wanting me to help have me join their gangs. Yeah. Hey, fool, where you from? I'm like, I don't gangbang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you look like a gangbang. I'm like, nah, I'm not, man. Like, all right, Mara Salvatrucha, homie. And I'm like, okay, man, like, cool, but yeah, I'm good, you know? Like, there was like Mara Salvatrucha there. There was La Mirada, 18th Street, Temple Street. The list goes on, Blood Scripts, right? So I stood away from all that. I just... I would pray every day and be like, God, protect me. Yeah. Right? Even though, like, I knew God was real, but I didn't realize how real he was. Yeah. Right? As a kid, you're just kind of like, okay, I get, there's, there's a God that I can't see, but yeah. okay, uh, everybody's praying to him. He's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thankful to God, man, in 34 years of my life, I didn't do no none of that stuff. I, I, I took in consideration what my father and my mother told yeah. me as a kid, and I just wanted to do right. I wanted to help others. I wanted to be a human that would act upon kindness, love, and everything that God stands for, Yeah, you know? And I felt like because I did that at a young age and I, and I obeyed, God rewarded me, Yeah, right? And the reward was the desires of my heart. He just flourished it. Yeah. He just allowed it to just boom. And I was like, okay, God, like, this is a lot to contain. But little did I know, I was inspiring touch other people's lives. And that's when I realized, like, whoa, there's a purpose to why I'm alive. Yeah. I am here for a reason. We are here. Everybody's here for a reason. Yeah. Right? So what, what's crazy is it makes me think like, okay, till this day, you'll have people at 40, 50, 60 that don't realize why they're here for. 100%. They're living, yeah. through, their emo- they're living through the motions. Yeah. They're living through what I call uh, comfort Comfort, ability, and fear kills dreams Mm. and people's ambition to who they want to become, right? So if I was afraid to become great in life, I would never be where I'm at now. Yeah. So because I was influenced by idols such as Arnold, Kobe, Michael, you know, to name a few, that if they did it, why can't I? Yeah. Why can't you? Why can't anybody? Yeah. So my thing was, I would compare myself to the greats and say, I want to be great one day, right? But without having to be that a-hole, right? Or (laughs) I don't know if we can say bad words, but I don't want to put too many of them out there. We keep it PG. My daughter might listen to this, so... I, I tell her about cussing, you know, sometimes a couple of words come out. I'm like, oh, it's part of my piratism. 
yeah. Sorry. I'm human. It's all good. I grew it's up in good. the hood. So. Yeah. So it's, it, it sounds like, man, you know, you, you growing up in L.A., even though you had that badge of honor that, yo, I'm from L.A., yeah. but at the same time, it looks like you're – your parents did a great job at breeding a good confidence within you, you yeah. know, a healthy confidence within you, because that's what that is. You know, people might say, oh, yeah, that sounds real cocky. But in all reality, you had parents that loved you enough to breed confidence in you. Right. And then you were able to run with that confidence and say, man, you know what? OK, my parents, you know, uh, um, they're teaching me this 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 level of to have respect, to be a leader, not a follower. Yeah. And then you you grasped onto, you know, the idols of that era, sure. which Michael, Kobe, Black Mamba, yeah. um, all these great actors. I mean, we the 90s was like, man, booming with so many great <laughs> movies. And and it was I remember that era. And it was yeah. such a it was such a um, an awesome era to live in, you know, and but you grasp the positive of sure. that. And and what 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 brought you to like once you graduated high school and you came to the IE and you started, you know, training, what really was that push to say, man, you know what? Um, I'm going to do bodybuilding. Yeah. Man, where do I start? <laughs> so besides the bodybuilding uh, dream or aspiration, like I said, I played every sport you could think of. Yeah. The one sport that I really wanted to go professional was basketball. Yeah. And I'm 5'8", so yeah. that dream <laughs> wasn't crushed, but I realized yeah. like, it's like it's almost like let's be realistic. Yeah. If you're not yeah. six foot and above, like, yeah. you're going to have a hard time. Even though Bugsley Moes did it and, you know, Errol Boykins and all right. that. You, you know what's crazy? At 5'8", I was able to dunk. I was able to, like, slam the ball 360. Like, people would flip out. Like, how is this Mexican jumping like yeah, Jordan yeah. or Kobe? What is yeah, wrong with this guy? Yeah. What, what are they feeding him? What is he doing? <laughs> but the thing is, I you know, I have a mindset that if I believe about anything that I want to do, I can achieve it. Yeah. So whatever I thought I can do or whatever I, I couldn't do, if I want to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. So basketball, you know, the dream kind of just faded as I senior year yeah. high school. So football was actually my forte. I was a running back in high school, and we went state CIF championship, even though we didn't win. Um, I had scholarships, right? And uh, I turned them down. Why? Because at the time, I was in a, a four-year relationship, my first love. Okay. Right? She wanted to get married after high school at 18, and I was so in love. This was my first girlfriend, right? Like, yeah. I've had other girlfriends, but this was the one that I was like, yeah. all right, this is the At one. At first love. I want family, first right? love, man, yeah. So I was being young and dumb, and so two weeks prior to prom, she had moved out because she had moved in with me and my folks because I guess she was having trouble at home. So I said, hey, you can stay with me. And I told my mom, I said, hey, can she stay with us? She stayed with us, whatever, and you know she taught me a lot man she she taught me character but then when she left me for somebody else it was like but that was after i had dropped the scholarships or mm. told the scouts that i was gonna take a year off yeah. and started working <clears throat> so after high school i should have gone to college i should have gone straight to you know started playing football so i dropped scholarships from like uh texas tech hurricane like all these great schools that are yeah. loving me right because my i was pretty good and so you know, she had left me. I was heartbroken. I was like, man, now man. what? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Right? So I moved out this way. Fresh start. We're out here in the Inland Empire trying to figure out what is what. Yeah. Everything's so far. And I'm just so a city boy. Right? Yeah. 
And so I started working with my father as an iron worker. Right okay. off the bat. <laughs> 17 right. years old, man. Out of high school, I had graduated, and I wasn't even 18 yet. So my dad was like, I'm going to go to a trabajar. Yeah. Like, All right, here we go. We want to make some money, right? Yeah. So I got into the construction business. I was uh, in Spanish. It's called Barilleros. Yeah. Iron yeah. workers. Uh, They're the ones out. that would that would prep everything for the cement, right? Correct. We are the foundation of the yeah. building, uh, bridges, and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, right? Yeah. It is the definition of hard work. Oh, yeah. Man, the first week I wanted to quit so bad. It was worse than sports because this was 12 hours straight. Yeah, it does Friday. something different to your body. It, you know, It takes a different type of physical toll on it you. It does because growing up, I was pretty strong, but I was like, oh, I can handle this no yeah. problem, right? Two weeks into it, we were like working on Staples Center. <laughs> and they ordered tons and tons and tons of rebar where we were tying and tying and tying. Yeah. So I started off as an apprentice. Started making some decent money, man. At 17 and a half, I was making a good $22 an hour, right? And then that was what, like 2005, six? 2006? Man, yeah. that's good money. Yeah, it's yeah. decent money with mm-hmm. overtime, right? We yeah. were working like 80 hours, 100 yeah. hours. My checks were coming in every week, like 900 bucks, you know, after they taxed me. Yeah. Because technically my checks were like almost like 1,500. <laughs> so I was like calculating. I was like, yeah. We'll be making like at least four G's a month. I'll be able to go on my own. You know, I had all these plans, right? Because you know, I was heartbroken. So I wanted to make some money. And yeah. I let her do her. And she left me for some guy in the military. And, you know, it's just no hard feelings. Yeah, of course, I was a little bitter towards yeah. her. But I didn't hate her for it. You know, that's just never been in my heart. And so, yeah, man, I started working as an iron worker for like, I want to say, two years. And then I started going to that 25 Fitness here in San Bernardino. Okay. East Carolina. And so... You know, I just admire the trainers. Like, man, these guys are changing people's lives. Yeah. That's where I need to be. Screw this iron work stuff because uh, yeah. it's not for me. Every time I go in there, I pray. Like, God, get me out of here. Yeah. It's not It's not me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have a family. I don't need to be yeah. here. That's what I was thinking, right? It's like a family man's job. Yeah. I have great benefits. That's great. But I want to do something I want to. Yeah. So then I talked to the manager. I talked to a couple of trainers. And then they had, like, a little billboard. Personal trainers make 60000 a year. I was like, damn. I'm making just as much, but, or not even yet close because I haven't worked there the whole year. Yeah. But I was calculating. I was probably going to make as an iron work about 45 ish, right? And so I talked to one of the managers and I'm like, hey, man, like, what does it take to be a trainer? He's like, oh, you know, we'll put you through University of 25 Fitness. We'll get you certified, you know, so go from there. <clears throat> so then I went through that process and I went to their school and got hired, man. Like yeah. it was just one of those things that it was a bittersweet. I was like, okay, uh, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, and I'm working, you know. Yeah, and that's crazy because I I, I want to kind of touch on that sure. a little bit because I always talk about this with. Sometimes we'll we'll talk about this with my wife, or I'll talk about this with other young men sometimes. Yeah. And and I feel that sometimes we, when we're young, when mm-hmm. we're young, I feel like that's the best time when we can make changes. Sure. Do you agree with that? Because the thing is that, like, I feel like a lot of times people, they because of the money, because yeah. they're making good money, right? But they will they will give themselves, and I'm not saying that those jobs are bad. Those no. are great jobs. Yeah, they're yeah, honorable yeah. jobs. But like you said, man, you had a desire within to say, man, there's got to be something different. Sure. And you said, you know what? You saw an opportunity. And yeah, maybe you were going to take a pay cut, sure. but you were willing because you knew it was going to follow something that you were actually passionate for. Correct. hundred percent. And 
even when I got hired on, I was thinking, I was like, man, am I going to regret this? Am I going to, yeah. you know, because I had steady money. It's right? scary. Yeah, it was scary. It's right? scary. It's like I was saying earlier about fear. Like, yeah. you know, it, it either makes you or breaks you. Yeah. So it made me because then I realized, okay, this is who I am. This is who I was meant to be. Yeah. A trainer, a physical, you know, coach, right? A mentor. Mm-hmm. And so the first year of personal training, I just, I loved it. It didn't feel like work. My days will go by quick. Yeah. I'm like, man, I was like, next, next, yeah. next. And I was just excited to kick people's butts, right? Yeah. <laughs> or share with them my fitness journey. Yeah. Or, you know, just make yeah. them feel good about themselves. That's something that I was like, as a kid, like I always encouraged everybody, you know, because I was a team leader. At, even in my football team, I was a captain. I did wrestling too, a little bit of boxing. And it, it, I'll tell you what, personal training and bodybuilding was like a hand in hand. It, yeah. it almost went together. And then the realizations of like growing up, my idols, I was like, oh man, like this is why I am who I am now. This is what I was destined to be, you know? So I knew in my heart as a kid that this was gonna be my, you know, long life journey, my destiny, you know? And so, yeah, man, it was cool. So I started personal training. I left the iron working fields and, you know, I met a buddy of mine, my best friend, his name is Greg Ferrer. He actually introduced me to bodybuilding because he was doing it. So we actually started both personal training together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At uh, 24. 24. Okay. Because he was like, yeah, man, I'm getting ready for a show. And I'm like, damn, this guy is jacked. <laughs> I was ripped, but he was jacked. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, his father was jacked, too. So genetics played a great factor. Yeah. And his other buddy, his name was Dane Corker. They were both like getting ready for a show. And I was like fascinated. I'm like, man. I'm fast, I'm good, but I'm not jacked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I want to get jacked now, you know? Like, let me pursue bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, let's see what these guys are all about. So I would train with them, and they were strong. They were, like, chest pressing 60 pounds. I was with my miserable 35s. I was like, man, I'm weak. <laughs> so I put myself at a pedestal with them, like, man, I need to get to where they're at. And so I went to their show. He did the teenage category in Venice Beach, killed it. Got first place, overall champ. He got this dope belt that said overall champion mr Mon- mr mr muscle beach teenager uh category and i was like man i want that even though i'm not a teen anymore <laughs> i just want that title yeah right? and then that's where my dream blossomed that's where like bodybuilding just poof. i was like okay and then uh he ended up we personally trained for like five years in that gym he was very impatient, so he wanted to do something with his life. He felt yeah. like training wasn't enough. Yeah. So he went into the service. He went to the Marine Corps. Okay. He actually was the one who introduced me to go to church, the Rock Church. Okay. He's like, hey, man, let's go to let's go to Friday night church, bro. Shift happens. I'm like, <laughs> bro, let's go to the bar. Let's go have fun. Let's go hang out, yeah. you know, like some chicks, whatever. He's like, nah, man, let's go to church. I was like, oh, all right. So here I go, going to a Christian church, right? Go growing up Catholic so then uh, you know I hear the youth pastor be like hey raise your hand and I just wasn't ready for that man yeah. I was like nah this was not my time I yeah. still gotta live my life yeah. I still gotta be a man yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> and so nah man he went to Marine Corps and he did his thing I was kind of a little sad because he was my role guy he yeah. was my role dog we, we would go everywhere and it's crazy because he was like 19 years old never drank ever wow I had never drank too till like after 18 yeah and that's because I was like, okay, let's try this. They gave me a big old fat Mickey's. I drank like four ounces. I was already <laughs> drunk. That was lame, right? <laughs> so he was a good influence to be around because, like, you know, even though I was aspiring to do partying and drinking, yeah, a little curious, right? Yeah. Like, I want to have fun. He was opposite. So when he was gone, I was like, okay, God, now what? So then, I don't know, God was just, like, talking to me. And I had a guy in a couple of car accidents where, you know, life-threatening, a guy in a 
coma for like a couple of hours. Oh man! In a car accident. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. Me and my dad and my dad's friend, our coworker, we're going to work in Fontana. This car just busted a U-turn. You know, Fontana, the old Route 66. Yeah. This car just U-turned. Like, in front of you guys. Yeah. And bah, just, my dad uh, broke. He, I think he his sternum was cracked. Oh. Uh, my other friend, he suffered a concussion too because of the you know. I, I didn't wear my seatbelt for whatever reason, and I could have flew out. I, it it would have been all bad. Yeah. I bashed my shin, and, you know, I was out for a couple of hours, and I was just in the hospital. I'm like, whoa, what happened? And then I didn't learn from that. I just kept, you know, like, partying, and then one time I fell asleep in my on my way home and crashed into a car. And then I'm just like, okay, like, God, like, I get it. I'm going through these things. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. Like, I was thinking in my head, like, yeah. well, what is life about? Like, partying? Like, I, I just need more. And so, you know, I started going to church by myself, and then I asked for a Bible. I was like, I need a Bible. I started, I started reading. I want to yeah. live right. I want to do my life right. So I started tapping into a Bible, and that's when I just, you know, asked God to come into my life, change me, and, you know, just mold me and help me become somebody. And boom, man, he took all the desires of everything that I wanted to do opposite from yeah. fun. And, you know, that's what, as in Christians, it's like born again, right? Yeah. So I felt like all the desires of lusting, drinking, just out the window. Yeah. And then I felt like I wanted a family. Yeah. Right. And then he gave me that. And I still kept in visions of bodybuilding. So I, I did my first bodybuilding competition before the family stuff. I did my first show, and that's how I, I met my ex wife uh, okay. at the gym. She was an instructor. Okay. But I didn't meet her till after I got saved. Yeah. And there was a okay. reason why because I prayed for someone like her, and God gave me her. Right. And so, you know, the first five years were amazing. You know, she went through my first competition. She put through all with all my competitions. Yeah. But let me tell you, man, bodybuilding is such a selfish sport. Yeah. Let's touch on that a little bit yeah. because, you know, here you are, you know, you're, you're, you make a, you finally find something that say, man, you know what? Iron working. It's great. It's mm -hmm. great money, but it's not for me. Correct. You make that change. You, you build some great relationships in the process of finding, um, uh, physical training and then from there, you know, you're, it, it seems like, like you said, God was always trying to get your attention. Sure. You know, God was always trying to, to show you. And I know we touched a little bit about this on a, on a previous episode with someone else that, you know, it, you know, we, we're always trying to fine tune our own lives, you yeah. know, but God is always trying to get us back to him because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we are created by him, you know, and Sometimes we think we know what's going to fulfill us, yeah. and it might fulfill us for that moment. I agree. But at the end of the day, he's the one that truly knows and understands, hey, in your case, hey, Johnny, hey, Jonathan, look, I, I get what you're trying to do, and I get you're, fi you're figuring all these things out. But at the same time, I, I, I have this with you. This is what I want to show you. Yeah. And so you get into the bodybuilding realm, you meet your ex-wife at that time. And then let's talk about a little bit about that because, sure. you know, you, it seems like everything is, is starting to fit into place. But mm -hmm. then you mentioned this, that man, bodybuilding is such a, a selfish sport. You know yeah. what? Talk about that. Why do you say that? Um, well, before my wife and I got married, um, started dating and, you know, she was all for it. She was like, oh, you know, I support you. This is what you want to do. Great. And I told her I wanted to become a professional and be a Mr. Olympia one day. Yeah. Which is the best bodybuilder in the world. Yeah. Right? 
And so I felt like I have potential to be one or still become one. Yeah, but that's like just, the Super Bowl of yeah, bodybuilding. Literally, yeah. literally. So, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, God, is this my purpose? You know? And I started kind of questioning myself like four years ago because I wasn't getting to where I wanted to get. But I knew I was good at it. Because then off the first show, I didn't do very well. She was there. So it's kind of like, oh. So the second show, I killed it. And again, I'm self-coached. Got first place, got novice overall champion his first time you know competing yeah <clears throat> so then that's where i knew okay god you gave me this vision to become a bodybuilder i'm gonna roll with it yeah but as my wife at the time i uh we got emotionally involved and we started going to church together and you know raising my two stepkids because i took my two kids in as mine right yeah including my daughter so she had two kids and like 12 month old one year old and then a five-year-old and, you know, of course, like, those are her kids. I can't, you know, I'm supposed to love them for her. Yeah. Because of her. I love her, right? And so I knew that I had prayed for someone like her. So God gave me the family that I wanted. Yeah. Like he granted it. But, you know, with the bodybuilding, why I say it's a little of a selfish sport is because it requires so much of your time. Yeah. Hours of being in the gym, posing, yeah. cardio, yeah. meal prepping, eating your meals on time, getting your rest. Going to work, being a father, being a husband. Yeah. So uh, as a married man and being in a relationship, your spouse, your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, should be understanding uh, what you're doing because this bodybuilding uh, journey requires a lot. Yeah. A lot of discipline, a lot of commitment, a lot of dedication, a lot of structure, which I had all that. Yeah. But my thing was balancing all of that. Yeah. Being a father and a husband. Yeah. Right? Because it's not so much that it's selfish that, you know what, I'm going I'm to be super self-centered, super selfish. It's because it requires so much Correct. of you. A lot of things that you need to do in 24 hours. Yeah. So nowadays for upcoming competitors, my advice is balance everything as best as you can because... If you just focus on the bodybuilding competition, yeah. your marriage is going to suffer. Your kids are going to suffer. Yeah. Your job's going to suffer. So what I mean by that is like, yes, you could be obsessed with becoming this best physique bodybuilder, but don't forget you're still a father. You're yeah. still a husband. Yeah. You're still an employee. You're still a coach. You're still, you know, whoever you are, whoever wants to be that. So that's one thing that I <clears throat> had to learn growing up while I was you know, married at the time that I also needed to fill in those other gaps. Yeah. So there was times where I would forget those, where I wasn't as present as I should yeah. have been. And then later down the road, I realized why we were, you know, things were falling out in my marriage. Yeah. Did things started to, did, what started to happen? What did you start to notice? Like So, the, you know, I felt like my wife at the time started kind of getting some, uh, how would I say it? She just noticed that I wasn't as involved, that she mm -hmm. felt like she was doing everything, mm -hmm. even though I was the primary breadwinner. So yeah. I kind of felt like because I'm working so much and I'm doing the show, yeah. I kind of gave her the responsibility as a mom to do everything in life because she was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And she did, you know, a couple of classes here and there because that's where we met at the gym. Yeah. And so then I was like, I had to come to my senses to also step it up as a father yeah. and a husband. But it was difficult because I was, you know, training so many people. You know, I, I worked for 24 Hour Fitness, LA Fitness. I 
Fitness 19. So I did like five years at, I've been personal training for about almost 18 years, right? And I've been bodybuilding for almost 16, 17-ish. Wow. But since then, right? And so the one thing I've realized that over time, you know, these two journeys require so much of you. Yeah. That no matter what kind of job you have, whether it's in the fitness industry or in, or construction or, mm-hmm. you know, corporate, whatever, it, it, it's like, the thing is, I have like a, a eating regimen when I wake up. I'm eating my meals at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m., six meals a day. Yeah. Now, it took me a long time to get here, right, because I wasn't structured like that all all my life. I yeah. had to program myself to eat like a robot. And that's one thing that I've noticed that this world doesn't do. They don't prioritize their food. They don't prioritize their nutrition. They don't prioritize their sleep. They don't yeah. prioritize their cardiovascular. They don't prioritize putting time to go to the gym just because, you know, you got to go to the gym. But what had happened was, again, you know, her and I just started having difficult times, especially because it was alcohol. A lot of alcohol was involved. That's how we were both coping with our, you know, missing links, right? Yeah. She actually got to a point where it was more of her like she didn't drink anymore yeah and so you know unfortunately alcohol and then not going to church together anymore and praying yeah. that just like i yeah. don't know the enemy or the relation marriage just completely just got bad man and then infidelity happened and i was crushed because i never thought you know that could happen to me but you know it's one of those things that even till now honestly i don't talk bad about her because still the mother of my child right right and i have love for her um, I've forgiven her, but I haven't forgot, and I don't hold a grudge on her. We have a great relationship now. Yeah, we co-parent you guys very well. Co-parent good. The first good. year after our separation was bad. It's just I don't want to go into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's too, and I it's think too that deep. yeah, no, and I think that that's that's everyone. I know. Yeah. I, I've talked about it in my story too. We where we co-parent, um, and I think the first year too, man, it's 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 always ugly. It's yeah, always well, you know ugly. what's crazy was uh, when we were together. I never you know, cheated on her, none of that. I was so faithful to her because I loved her and, you know, the love of God was in me. And fortunately she did. And after we had settled, bought a home in the East Highland Ranch, everything was beautiful, man. Like I was working, I actually went back to construction. I stopped personal training and bodybuilding. Oh, okay. After like 10 years into my fitness, yeah. uh, personal training career, she told me, you need another job. You need, we need benefits. And I was like, oof. All right, yeah. here I go. Back to construction, <laughs> right? So 2017, no, no, sorry, 16, 15, 14, 2014, um, I stopped personal training. I just, I said, all right, I'm going to be a father, I'm going to be a husband. I'm going to be an honorable man, and I'm going to honor God by just being a husband and a, yeah. and a father. And if this is what you have to do, yeah. this is what you got to do. So yeah. I kind of gave up the bodybuilding dream yeah. for three years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, three years. And then after she did what she did, and we lost the homes, and she decided to go you know another relationship was just it was painful it was very painful because i worked so hard to establish our family blended family yeah and raise her kids as mine i just i couldn't understand why she did what she did yeah then again i had to forgive her for it yeah and so i think for me forgiving her and losing walking away with everything because a lot of people don't realize man they see everything i've accomplished but they don't realize what i've lost yeah i lost my family yeah. And I mean, they're still alive. They're not, you know, I don't lose them that way. But, you know, I had a family established and um, obviously we only had my daughter together. And so the fact that she gave it up 
for somebody else for what we built that hurt that hurt a lot because you know my daughter was only eight mm-hmm. it was on her birthday and you know when i moved out you know unfortunately she worked things out with somebody else and it's one of those things i was just like man like how, yeah. do you, how can you just do that after eight years right yeah but to make a long story short i moved out of my house that i was buying in the ranch east highland and uh, she took over i left her the house and i downsized the way i lived just to go back to the dream eventually but i prioritized to be a better father that was yeah. my main priority and i told her when i walked away I said, you're going to regret this. I'm going to be somebody in life. Again, going back to me knowing I was going to be someone in life. Yeah. So you're going to regret this because I'm going to be someone in life. I'm going to be a professional bodybuilder. I'm going to make it to Olympia. I'm going to be an actor. I'm gonna, you know, I just manifested just yeah. things that God had in me that was just like, because I could have retaliated. I could have retaliated, like killed this guy with my bare hands, but I just let it be and forgave them and prayed for them and. Fast forward to 2020, after three years of staying away from the stage, I went back 2017, and the gym was my therapy. Yeah. The iron, the competitions were my goals to accomplish things that I wanted to accomplish. It was kind of like one of those things that God saw my pain, and he allowed me to cope with it through the iron. And and I want to just kind of go back on something that you said right now. Yeah is it's so true man you know and that's why i love i love this platform about telling telling our our stories through it because like you said people see everything on the outside you know people see people see the muscles people Mm -hmm. see the bodybuilding people see the competition people see the success people see the following people see all that but man you went through some pain bro yeah man you know even even now it's like god has you know obviously healed me from all that and allowed me to forgive her or even people nowadays that betray me or leave me or they don't believe in me, you know? It's one of those things that's like, okay, you know, I'll allow people to do what they need to do. Yeah. And if it's something terrible, then I just pray for forgiveness to them, to, you know, for God to forgive them. Like here he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Yeah. So it's one of those things that as a human, the hardest thing to do is forgive, right? Yeah. I've learned that that's powerful nowadays. That regardless of what people have done to you, you still have to forgive them. Because God is going to ask you to forgive them too. Yeah. So, of course, you know, given the fact that I came back to bodybuilding in 2017, I just put my head down and I grinded my butt off. Yeah. I'm going to make this a reality. I'm going to be a professional bodybuilder one way or another. Yeah. Were you still going to the gym, though, even prior oh, to that? Yeah. So yeah. You, never left the, no. you never left the gym. You, no. just, you just paused the bodybuilding competition yeah. phase. I paused it at the time while I was trying to rearrange our family, right? Buying a home and so forth, and we accomplished that. That's what I was kind of like, man. Like after all we worked hard for, yeah, just throw it away, yeah. You know, but you know, it's all good. You know, I, you know, sometimes things like that need to happen to you because it just shapes you in a better person. Yeah, and that's why that's how I looked at it. Even though you know she did what she did, and my thing was i'm going to turn this devastation to a positive manifestation yeah. of what i want to do in my life yeah and so given the fact that god has given me these gifts in my heart planted all these visions i'm like i'm gonna roll with this right yeah so you know went back to personal training at like 2018 so okay I, I, I as i was back into the construction business i was working for another company here in san Bernardino called samtech Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I was running the crane. I, you know, I went from, like, apprentice to, like, a journeyman and then 
the opportunity arose to become a tire crane operator. And uh, I took it. I was like, man, I'm not afraid of heights. <laughs> Although I had to climb 100 feet up every time I went to go inspect my crane. Oh, dude. But you know what's crazy? After my wife and I separated then, I was just like, I don't need this job. My supervisor would give me a hard time because I was on prep. And sometimes I was fatigued, you know, because I was low carbs yeah. and dehydrated. He would just give me an ultimatum. He's like, hey, man, you need to step it up. Work faster. I'm like, dude, I'm running a tire crane. Like, how fast can I run this sucker? Yeah. You know, like, I'm not as fast as you, but I just started this like a month ago. I said, I'm about safety. I don't want to hurt myself or hurt anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's our priority is safety, right? So, yeah, he's like, hey, man, who pays your bills? Centec or Mr. Olympia? And this is before I became pro. (laughs) He was one of those guys. one of those, man. man. And, you know, we got along because we came from the same company, uh, Montana Steel. But he was just one of those guys that just – his way or the highway. Yeah. So I was in, I was always on his good side, but then one time he pissed me off and he said the wrong thing and I just threw the control at him. I said, you know what? I don't need this job, bro. I said, you can have this, you can have this freaking control and run it yourself. Yeah. If you think you know how to run this, then run it. Run it. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> so I left and came back because my one of my uh, managers from safety is like Rambo because they used to call me John Rambo. <laughs> I always wear like you know, collar, I mean, camo pants. And yeah. They didn't want to wear jeans. It was too hot. So then in 2017, I started competing again. So okay. given the fact that I've been competing since 2005, I didn't really give it up completely, but I stopped here and there. It would be like two years that I'd go straight, stop for one. But I would still comp- train like a bodybuilder. Yeah. And eventually, I was just like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm still going to go to the gym, no matter how tired I am, no matter how many hours, I'm going to make it happen. So while I was working in construction, I had won two titles, Mr. Los Angeles and uh, Mr. Orange County. Shh. And you know, four while hours. working construction, yeah. while working man. construction, man, and you know, sleeping four hours, being a husband, being a father, like it was just like no excuse. If there's a reason if you want to do something, you're gonna get it done no matter what. Yeah. And the good thing is that I didn't really get heavily involved with the drinking because a lot of my coworkers would drink every once in a while in the off season. I would drink with them, but I was like, that's not me. It's yeah. Not me. It's yeah. Not, it's not what I do. A cold course light sounds good, but I'm good. Like, yeah. I want to be a champ. You know. And that's kind of what it takes a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of a lot of. A lot of denying of yourself Correct. when you're in that field, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, is, is your influence. You know, uh, people you're around with, eventually, you want to surround yourself with because they influence you. Like, yeah. people are going to go drinking, guess what? More than likely, you might end up going drinking. People are going to go to gym, guess what? You might end up going to gym. And so, yeah, man, went back to it in 2017. And uh, fast forward to 2020, I just, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. To be a professional bodybuilder. So in a pandemic, man, you know, uh, I had a setup for, I had done already national shows. The national shows is basically to get you to the next level, to go to the IFBB Pro League. Okay. So there's the NPC Amateur League, the Pro Leagues, and then the Olympia, the top of the top. So there's okay. levels to this. Yeah. It's not just you compete, you win, and you're a pro. No. There's, you have to win first place, then you qualify to go to nationals. And then nationals, you need to win first place, and then you go to the Pro Leagues. And then when you go to the pro leagues, guess what? You need to win first place again to qualify to Olympia. So it's like a mountain you yeah. have to climb up. So, but to get your I to get your pro card, yeah. What 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 do you what's required of that? You need to win first place in an amateur show. Okay. And then win first place in a national show. Okay. A national show, you're going to get against everybody that's won first place. Yeah. So the best of the best. The, in the best nation. of the best. So yeah, man. I mean, I went through six national shows in three years, 2018, wow. 19, and twenty. So that's about two shows a year. 
No, I was averaging like four to six. Four to six yeah. shows a year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was traveling to New Jersey, New York, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas. And this was all from your money? Yeah. So you were financing your own? Everything. Yeah, I always believed that um, there's no handouts. Nobody's going to give you anything. I had sponsors that would pay for my supplements and gave me like 150 bucks, but I was grateful for it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, still my sponsors now, Global Formula, shout out. Love y'all. <laughs> and so, but they, they compensated you, right? Yeah. But I had to pay for my flight. I had to pay for my hotels. I was broke, man. I, yeah. uh, I was so broke that I was on my negative sometimes. And I was just like, man, I need to make it now. So I can start yeah. making money, right? But given the fact that I was in construction, I was making decent money. And then finally gave up the construction job and I, you know, I asked for a salary job at Anytime Fitness. I talked to one of the owners. I'm like, look, man, I'm so good at this. I could bring this much. Is there any way to give me a salary? Because he knew me. He would see yeah. my stories. He see me like, man, he's always, dude, that's awesome that you're doing crane stuff. Yeah. Bodybuilding. Like, it's inspiring. So I asked him for opportunity. He gave it to me. And I ran with it. And, you know, obviously I took a huge pay cut from construction to $3,000 salary. <laughs> then eventually moved up, right? But little did I know, that's where the independent contracting started getting very popular, like self-made, where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, working for yourself. Because I've worked cor corporate all my life. That's all I knew. Yeah. So for me to go independent was like, man, like, it's going to be tough. It's the best thing I could have done. Yeah. And then now, obviously, I have visions that God's put in my head that I'm going to open up my own gyms under Active Lifestyle Fitness 365. But that's another three to five year plan. Or yeah. Until God's plans. Because everybody's like, why don't you make that now? I'm like, I could, but that's not my plans those are god's plans yeah he knows when i'm ready what to do what he wants me to yeah. do and so anyways from 2017 to 2020 you know i was always there for my my daughter i was always there but i wasn't present does that make sense yeah talk, yeah and when talk i mean by that, that i mean like i would always be there but i was always on my phone you know promoting myself putting myself out there you know uh just networking yeah, you were building. I was building myself, right? Building, yeah. But little in the midst of all, I didn't realize how much it was affecting my daughter. Yeah. And the fact that my, my her mom and I had separated, it was affecting her to a point where it was just like, she felt lonely. She actually expressed herself to me. Yeah. And so in 2020, you know, through the pandemic, we all went through what we went through. It was hard times. Hard times. Big time. And that's when I started independent contracting. I was making better money than I was salary or even better in construction. And, uh, you know, my daughter had uh, expressed herself to me. She's like, Daddy, I'm sad. I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. And then she had mentioned to her, me that she was having suicidal thoughts. Oh, man. And that's after I turned pro. So in 2020, in September, on my birthday, I had turned pro. God granted my wish. But then he said, you need to be a better father. You need to be present. And you need to love her. You need to, you know, shower her with love and, tell her, you know, just be there for yeah. her. Yeah. And that's the sacrifice, man, that a lot of people don't understand or don't see, man, Correct. is that, you know what, because you basically, whether you realize, even though you were in a corporate, you were in a corporate setting doing the training and everything, but your life as a bodybuilder, you were, you were on this entrepreneur journey yeah. already without yeah. you, maybe not calling yourself an entrepreneur, but you were on this entrepreneur journey. Correct. And that's what I feel a lot of people a lot of people that want to get into the entrepreneur um, industry that want to that have, you know, a dream to start a business or to build their influence. They don't see the level they see. They see the success side, but they don't see the sacrifice that right. it takes, man. Like you said, you had to finance 
your own trips. You had to finance your own training. Mm-hmm. You had to you had these sponsors and they were a great help. They were a great blessing. But at the same time, you even even the time, the 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 presence that you were neglecting to your daughter, all that man, like, you know, that's that's the life of an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to build something, man, a lot of times you neglect some of the most important things. Absolutely. And then this is what I tell people too. Kids don't turn out to be bad because they're just bad. They turn out to be bad because the parents are not present. Yeah. They're not loving them. And so I had to learn that after she told me that, I'm like, man, that hit that hit home so yeah. hard. Yeah. Like I started crying like a baby. I'm like, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't realize yeah. how you were feeling. She's like, well, yeah, daddy. She goes, I'm at home every day. You get to at least go to work. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man. I'm like, what makes you feel that way? She's like, I don't know. I just... I just feel like I'm by myself. I'm just depressed. Mm-hmm. So I just, it hit me so hard that I was like, okay, I need to be a better father. Even though now God has granted my wish to become a pro, now I need to step it up to be a better father. And so, you know, nowadays when I hang out with her, yeah, I might post her in her story, but I just yeah. put my phone down. I put it on silent. I give her 100% attention. And she loves that. She loves that more than ever. And, yeah. you know, for parents out there, man, put your phone down. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a hard, yeah, (laughs) you know what, that's a hard thing, you know, and, and I always say that to people like, you know, because a lot of people, I always say that to myself and I say that to people that that's one of the hardest things to do, man, is sometimes we we're so consumed, you know, with technology and it's a great thing, man. It's a great avenue. It's, it's really, it really is, man. There's so much that we can do with it and it's, it's so helpful in so many ways. But you're 100% right, man. Sometimes we lose focus yeah. because we're trying to, like, in your case, man, you were just, you weren't doing anything wrong. You know, you weren't, it's not that you were watching YouTube videos, laughing, haha, you know, oh, you know, or trying to scroll through Instagram and just check it, things out. You know, yeah. you were, you were trying to build something, you know, and I'm sure she, she was in your mind. You yeah. know, you were, man, we're building this. I'm building this for me. I'm yeah. building this for my daughter. I'm building yeah. this for us. But children sometimes don't understand that. They don't. And that's what I had to explain to her, you know. And I just said, baby girl, you know, this is just, unfortunately, this is what I have to do. This is my yeah. job. So just don't take it that I'm not there for you. I just, yeah. I, this is what, this is nowadays how I promote myself through my work. You know, so yeah. I get clients. This is how my clients see my journey. Right. So I'd explain to her, you know. and But honestly, I think what, what changed our relationship more, most importantly, was the fact that I was just, every weekend, like, I pick her up. Yeah. And, whether it's lunch, now I'll go to church. We have such a relationship that it's and actually she got to know God this year. She got baptized. That's cool. Man, twenty twenty had done a lot of things to a lot of young kids that, you know, I, we can't fathom yeah, from because we didn't man. go through this pandemic, right? No. And businesses too. Not yeah. just the kids, but the kids, the businesses. A lot of people got affected so bad, the health, you know, and it's one of those things that like it, it made people either step it up mm-hmm. or step down. Yeah. Or something to make it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, and for me, it was like, okay, like you said, I didn't really describe myself as an entrepreneur. I was kind of like just a hard worker, right? Yeah. But then that's where I met like people like my financial advisor now. That just real quick about one of my businesses. I own a beef jerky business called Swole Beef Jerky. Yeah. After me, right? <laughs> so how I got the nickname Johnny Swole to make a quick story short. Uh, in high school, me and my one of my good friends went to rival schools, and we we're both captains. John Marshall versus Belmont. And so we take our helmets out. Referee does a coin toss. He's like, Johnny, what's up, Anthony? Damn, boy, you got swole. <laughs> so Johnny swole stuck yeah. from like high school days. And you know, I just ran with it. I, I just started calling myself Johnny swole because I was like, I'm going to be this jack dude. Yeah, right? yeah. 
And so, yeah, man, you know, it's just one of those things that I had a client of mine, he's multimillionaire. I have a couple of those, and not to brag about money or anything like that, but they have great ideas. Yeah. I was brought up to just get a job and retire from yeah. my pops, right? And I love him for that. But I didn't realize that I could own a business eventually. I could be the heifer. Mm-hmm. I could be the boss. Yeah. And so my financial advisor, one time I was training him, he's like, hey, Johnny, I'm like, what's up? Got an idea. I'm like, okay. Jo- uh, swole beef jerky. I'm like, yeah, right. What do you mean? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, man, I think uh, I, I got the best, the great business partner for you that can help you start a, a jerky business. I was like, oh, all right. I sat in it for a month, dude. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, nah, I ain't gonna sell no beef jerky. Who do I look like sell beef jerky? <laughs> and I was like, swole beef jerky. You know, went to the stores, just kind of looked at all the beef jerky. So how can I differentiate myself from other companies? Yeah. Well, let me be the macro friendly guy. Let me be the healthier ever alternative version guy. Yeah. So I talked to my cook. I'm like, hey man, how can, how can we make this a little less salt, less sugar? Yeah. Oh, you have to preserve it for less time. Do it, because that's what I want to do. Yeah. So my beef jerky is just for one year. Other companies, it's two to five years. Yeah. So they have to preserve it with more salt. More so salt, yeah. And so, you know, it's like, hmm, let me keep my customers at a calorie restriction. Yeah. And protein uh, source. High protein. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, cool, let's run it. Started off with four flavors and then boom, had 10. Carne asada, virginal pepper, teriyaki, honey pepper, mango habanero. Uh, sweet and spice. That's my favorite, the mango habanero. The mango, oh man, I think it's spicy, bro. <laughs> I, I, I love it, but it's just like, it's my so head good, and knows man. it. You wouldn't yeah, think yeah. that I'm Latino, you know? <laughs> but yeah, man, so it's just, I wrote with the idea. Business has been good. And like I said, uh, I'm not so much for it to grow so fast because I have so many other things, avenues that I want to touch up on. I still want to do Olympia. I'm starting real estate soon next year. Yeah. I got a team of realtors that are helping me. I'm actually an actor too by trade. Yeah, man. I want to. Yeah. Like, well, you do it all. I'm like, man, I just, I like to do a lot of things. Like, yeah. You know, especially with money, like revenue. Yeah. Like, I don't like to just focus on one income. I just like to have other sources of income. Yeah. You know? And that's what, and, and that's, that's so cool, man. And we're, I want to talk a little bit about that right now about the, the acting, but that's what's so cool when you get around people that think different than us. Sure. You know, the networking. And I, I, that's something that I can't, I can't emphasize. You know, I can't emphasize enough, you know, that sometimes we need to get out of our circle. We Correct. need to get out of comfort our, zone own, too. our comfort zone. We need to get out of our even our own belief system. Because like you said, you know, um, a lot of Latinos, a lot of Latinos, man, we have this mindset of just work the job, work it. If you don't like it, who cares? Right. Just work it. And there's nothing wrong. I, I want our audience to understand that. It's not that yeah. I think it's wrong. It's no. an honorable thing to Absolutely. to to be in the job. If you're going to retire from there, that's awesome. Yeah. But if you have a dream, yeah. you know, it's so important to get around other people with broader mindsets, man. Correct. Like you said, you know, you had this, you have these clients, man, that have done well for themselves that you were able to get around and, sure. and inspire you to say, hey, you know what? You know, everything you've been working at, everything you've been building, mm-hmm. you know you can do more. Correct. Correct. And, you know, honestly, like like you were saying earlier, that's a great point you brought up to not knock on anybody that has a are employed. Yeah. You know, it, it's a beautiful thing to be mm-hmm. employed because someone has given you that opportunity yeah. to make money for your family. But I think I've gotten a greater gratification of myself being my own boss yeah. to eventually give somebody else the opportunity or upcoming people that want to start a business or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's always good to share that knowledge of business to other people because 
you know, I feel like the business entrepreneurship has just flourished in the last 10 years mm -hmm. with everybody. Now that everybody's branding themselves, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love to see it. And with 2020, I think 2020 probably jumped. Correct. Crazy numbers. Well, because a lot of people had a retail location. Now people are just selling from their homes. Mm -hmm. So it's like nowadays you almost have to get creative mm -hmm. of how to make money besides clocking in from nine to five. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like I tell my daughter, too, to this day, I'm like, baby girl, I said, I'd want you to work for somebody, but eventually I'd want you to start your own business. Yeah. I want, like, let me help you. I can help you with that. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, my dad didn't do that for me, but that's okay. But my dad taught me work ethics to work my butt off. Yeah. But since I know how to start a business and how to help you start a business, you can come to me for that. Yeah. So I mentor my daughter a lot. That's a cool. A lot, a lot. Like, she, every day, daddy, what does this mean? Daddy, what does that mean? Yeah. Why would you say this? Or how do you say that? How do you pronounce this? Yeah. Dude, she is like, there's times where I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> but I can't yeah. because she's curious. She wants yeah. to know. They're, they're, I, just, they're absorbing, yeah, absorbing the knowledge right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I'm, yeah, I'm the same way with my, with my kids. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll, be in the, we'll be in the car sometimes and we'll have these random conversations like, you know, yeah, you know what? I want to, you know, and I, you know, I want to do this. And then, you know. Uh, once I start working and I start making all this money, you know, they'll talk about and I'll be like, oh, yeah. I was like, but hey, what, what are you going to do with that money? What are you going to do? Like once you start and I'll be like, oh, you know, well, I'll buy this. I'll buy that. I was like, OK. I was like, but you know what? I was like, look, what you should do is, you know, I'll, you know, and I'll give them little tips, little, you know, save that money. Or how does this sound? I won't tell them do this. I'll tell them how does this sound? What if you can buy this house or buy that house? And then now you have equity in that house. And then one day you refinance. And now, and what if you can leave your job? What would you rather do? Would you keep doing that? Or would you rather keep making all this other money? You know, just right. kind of feed them with that stuff. And they'll, and they'll be like, huh, yeah, I think I'd rather do that. <laughs> you, you know, it's crazy you say that, too, because I, when I was sharing that with my daughter, I, um, you know, I was telling her about how entrepreneurship works or starting your own business or for working for somebody. Yeah. You know, after that conversation, like a week, two later after I picked her up, she's like, Daddy, I know what I want to do now. I'm like, what? She's like, well, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a baker. I want to be an artist. And yeah, she goes, I'll start doing that. I was like, baby, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I think I figured I could be a doctor from like seven to three. And then I can be a baker from like four to six. And then an artist before, you know, from seven to nine before I go to bed. I'm like. Yeah, if you can fit it in, do it. <laughs> you can do you can do them all, yeah. you know. But you're obviously gonna have to pick one that you want to focus on and yeah. make it your own main source of income, you know. But you know, even like you said, like just giving them that little ultimatum tip, yeah, they roll with it. They're like their imagination starts running wild. Yeah. And so they can come to you for anything. That's just how I felt like over time she's, you know, told me. She's like, Daddy, like, oh man, she wrote me this letter two weeks ago that made me cry. Oh, man. And the letter yeah. was just full of gratification. Her mm. teacher told her to write a letter about gratitude, about anything or anybody. She's like, oh, she's like, Daddy, I wrote you a letter. I mm. said, okay. So she sent it to me through text, text, uh, text picture message, and then she gave it to me in person. And when I read it through the text picture message, I started crying. Because yeah. she was like, I was going to write about Mommy, but I rather wrote about you because you're always there for me. I'm like, damn. Yeah. She said, I love Mom. Don't get me wrong. But and like, I, I just feel like you're yeah. always like, you always listen to me. You always, so the whole letter she was just saying how gratitude, you know, grateful she was yeah. that I've been there for her, that I introduced her to God, that I've loved her. Then she, 
she wouldn't know what she'd do without me. Like, just a bunch of things where I'm like, man, she's only 12. She's not expressing herself this way. That's like, awesome. That's beautiful, you That know? is. That is so beautiful. Shared it with a couple of my clients. They even, like, almost bald. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah, those are beautiful things, man, yeah. that I think that no no level of success, man, can ever replace no. those moments. And, you know, it's funny. I was just telling a client uh, this week. I'm like, when I got my pro card and when she told me about this letter, there was two cents of gratifications and love appreciation yeah one that i wanted so bad like to become professional two i wanted to be a better father yeah so experiencing the two were great but experiencing this one was greater yeah and it was not so much because i realized that i'm doing something right as a father yeah and the other one was more a satisfaction for what i wanted to accomplish right but there's no greater feeling or a gratification feeling of your own specimen, your own child, yeah. you know, um, whatever they've gone through or you've gone through together, that they felt like they were able to get out of that yeah. and become better or have hope for the future. I think yeah. that's the most important thing that, yeah, like you said, you can accomplish and have all this success and money, but if your children or your family is like, you know, suffering, you know, it's one of those things that's like, it's almost not worth going yeah. through that because they suffer more and you yeah. lose one or the other. So, you know, through the success of whatever you do in your family, your loved ones, your children, most importantly, you know, being there for them and truly genuinely loving them yeah. <clears throat> can set the standard for their future. Yeah, 100%. You know, and for others. Yeah. And how did you get into acting? Oh, man. So, how did that happen, I told man? you, man, we're going to need more than an hour. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be able to break this down in, an hour, in 10 minutes or little reels. But, yeah, so acting, you know, I started acting in high school and college. Okay. All right. So I got into theater acting. Again, going back to Arnold and, you know, John Wayne. So these guys inspired me to be like, man, I want to be an actor, too. Yeah. So I started doing theater acting actually with my ex-girlfriend. When they left me, we did a college play. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's harder. Theater acting is a lot harder than, you know, uh, cut. I, you know, I like, agree, man. I agree. Because you got to remember the lines. you got to, you yeah. know, the expressions, the story. You don't so, have the sound effects. You don't have no, all that stuff. No, there's no cut. It's yeah. just go. If you forgot, just think of, like, the play. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Improvise. Oh, man. <laughs> so it was like about, it was like a, it was our final grade. My ex-girlfriend and I did our play together. And it was like 15 pages of memorization, Ooh. paragraph to paragraph to paragraph to paragraph. But I studied that thing so much because, you know, obviously, just my girlfriend. So we're just practicing, 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 practicing. So, yeah, man, I got, got into the acting because it started there in high school and college. And then just not till like 2019, I met a director. Uh, one of my friend's clients, she knew this director in L.A. His name is Andre. And so Andre does like small films, right? Okay. He's upcoming. He's not... There's no, uh, what's his name, uh, Warner Brothers. What's Steven Spielberg. Steve, yeah, you know Steven Spielberg. But that's what I tell people. I'm just putting my foot in the door because eventually, yeah. you know, Hollywood will discover my, you know, my talents. So anyways, Andre had a movie premiere. Uh, the movie's called Limo Driver. So I went to the movie premiere, introduced myself to him. It's like, hey, man, if you need some muscles in a bodybuilder that can act, I'll be your guy. He's like, all right, man, say no more. So he became my client. He came out to Anytime Fitness, trained with me a couple of times, and He's like, hey, man, I got a role for you. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. 
He's like, oh, I want to use you as a bodyguard. Let's go. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he brought me on set. My name was Otto or Otto, whatever. I don't know. So I was his bodyguard. I was his right-hand man, so I did all the dirty work. Um, it's like a Russian movie, you know, radio hard movie. But it's cool, man. I, actually, it just released in June or okay. April of this year. June of 2022. 2022. Okay. Yeah, you know what's crazy? We started in 2019, but we didn't finish until 2022. It was projected to be finished in the summer of 2021. Because the whole pandemic. Yeah. So it took slowed, a whole year it off. slowed everything. But yeah. see, people don't realize that making movies don't, it doesn't not, happen like that. Quick, it's, a, no. it's a process. Yeah. So even the fact that the movie's done, I have a copy of it. It's supposed to come out in the movie apps, but it has to go through film festivals first. Gotcha. And they have to approve them. They have to like the the apps have to say, okay, we want this movie. And how it works in the apps is like once your movie goes into the movie apps, you, your movie survives by the views and ratings. So the more gotcha. views you got, the more it's gonna stay there. But if your movie doesn't have that much views, guess what? They knock it out. So. We finished that movie, Business of Betrayal. That's the name of the movie. Okay. And um, I guess I did pretty good that another director saw my work and he's like, hey, man, uh, I have this movie called Desert Queen. This is another director named Jim J. Stomp. This is who I'm working with now for future projects. Okay. We're going to start filming in April. And so, and this Desert Queen is, it's a Dracula movie of vampires. Okay. Okay. So, my name is Marcus in the movie, the chosen one. And um, I'm basically the non-human, the human non-vampire. And so I basically pretty much uh, fight, which is the devil or the main character, which is him. I fight him. And then my mom owns a restaurant. And it's, it's, it's really cool. So we finished the movie. And he said he'll be done with it by next year. Sometime okay. Early yeah. spring, summer. So we released that movie, and then he wants to start off with another one called The Garage, and he wants to put me in a movie series, and then he goes, let's talk about 2023. I want you to have your own movie as a superhero, and I'm like, damn, Dude, like, God, really? Like, that's tight. But what about man. bodybuilding? I'm thinking in my head, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then God is throwing real estate in my in my avenues, too, so I'm like, God, this is too many things that I can't handle, but your, your word says that there's so many things that he's going to put you through that he wouldn't put you through in a situation that you yeah. can't handle. So I'm a big believer in that, even though it's like one of those things like, Right. Just yes, this Sunday, the message was about the pastor was saying how, you know, before he got that bigger building, he was working car sales and he didn't want to go big, like into ministry because he was so good at selling cars. Yeah. But it's like God told him, it's like, hey, I got something better for you. Yeah. And so sometimes God like may allow you to take a break on something. Right. To focus on other things. Yeah. And then allow you to come back. Right. And that's where I feel like right where I'm at right now, because I have so many things that I'm working on that I'm like with my heads crossed because I'm like, I want to get them all done. Yeah. They're not going to happen all simultaneously right away. Right. So I still can't not forget to be a father. Number one. Yes. Yeah. Priority. So number two, I'm a coach. Number three, I'm a business owner for beef jerky. Number four, I'm an actor. Number five, seem to be a real estate agent. And so it's one of those things that it's just like you just have to almost like give a little bit of yourself to everything and like i tell my clients and i tell my loved one time management is big if you don't manage your time for today tomorrow or the next week or the week after that next month next year then your time managing is going to be completely off yeah. or your or your discipline or your commitment to whatever is it that you're trying to do because if you don't time manage your day by the hour yeah guess what your schedule, your day is going to 
just go however you think it's going to go. Or you may not plan things and then things don't go, don't go according to how you want them to, right? Right. So the biggest one where, you know, clients will give me the big excuse, I don't have time. BS. Yeah. You have time. Yeah. We both have 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah. Make the time. How we choose. We, we, yeah. And that's yeah. and that's so true. I I've, I heard this one time and, and that always stuck with me um, because my wife and I, man, like our calendar yeah. is our is like our best friend. Sure. You know, we are super attached to our calendar we've we've made labels where you know i mean we label this is for family this is for podcasts this is for church you know we've made calendars because one time i heard this it says like you know we if we don't tell if we don't uh tell time where it should go you know same like money money and time like if we don't say like hey this this hour should be designated to this you know this time should be designated for this these finances should be designated for this, this, Correct. then if not, if we don't do that, and it's not that we're trying to control everything because there are things that are going to be out, out of our control. Yeah. But if we don't take discipline in that, mm. then eventually we're going to be slaves to that. Correct. You know, we're going to be, you know, dragged back and forth, you know, like, oh, and that's what that happens. I don't have time or I don't have this. No, no, no. Is that we're not managing those things correctly. You got to really dissect your, your day and manage your time based yeah. on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, you know, how much time you want to spend with your kids, yeah. how much time you want to spend at work, at the gym. You just have to literally put every stamp hour of the day of what you're going to do. Yeah. If you don't do that, your schedule is going to get disorganized. You're not going to do this. You're yeah. going to procrastinate. Discipline. That's one of the biggest thing I tell people that you need to work on every day. And my biggest thing, because a lot of people are like, how do you stay motivated? I'm like, I don't rely yeah. on motivation. Motivation is comes and goes yeah it's great to see somebody doing great but then after that then what reality strikes so i tell people i rely on discipline discipline Mm. is doing the things you want you need to do that you don't feel like doing them but you do them anyways do you think i want to get up every day at six in the morning eat my first meal no most of the time i don't but i do it just because i know how it makes me feel do you think i want to do cardio every day for half an hour an hour whenever i'm prepped no i don't but i know the benefits from it so the thing is i rely on discipline more than anything and that's what i tell my clients i'm like look discipline doesn't happen overnight it happens over time yeah so if you discipline yourself to do something at a certain time guess what eventually it's going to become part of you right Mm -hmm. so not everybody's programmed to do something just because yeah you have to program them in your mind and your heart that if you want something you have to do it at a certain time yeah and if you don't do it it's going to fall back of why you're not accomplishing the goal right right so if I were to tell you, George, from here on, I want you to do half an hour every day at six in the morning. You're going to be like, why? Didn't you just tell me you want to get in shape? Yeah. Okay. So do it. Yeah. So it's one of those things that's just like affirmation, direction. Yeah. Right? So when you do it for two to six weeks, 12 weeks straight, and you start seeing the results that you, that you uh, aspired to want, you're going to be like, damn, this is what it took? sacrifice yeah you know a lot of people tell me like well i can't go to a gym like you every day because i don't work at a gym it's like what are you trying to say yeah i was like sometimes actually it's worse to be at a gym all day training all these people hearing everybody's emotions and you know i'm fat or you know my wife says this so people don't realize man as a coach i take everybody's negative emotions you take on all that oh man like yeah it's like a customer service job man it's like when you're you know people that work in that industry man they don't realize the toll that it can take on someone, you know, and the last thing that you want to do, even, you know, 
And I like what you're saying, man, because that's that's I believe I think that's spot on, man, because discipline isn't really so much about a feeling, Mm-mm. you know, motivation. Like you said, it comes and it goes, you know, one morning we're motivated. The next morning we're like, oh, man, I want to I want to just chill. I want to stay in bed. But what you said is is so true. Discipline. And I think that a lot of people, especially in today's culture, man, yeah. is, you know, we want to escape that we want to escape the accountability. Correct. We want to escape responsibility we don't want to take responsibility you know we want if something's not working uh for us in our life there's got to be there has to be someone to blame correct you know and we want to point the finger to make or an excuse to make (laughs) there's got to be like well if i'm like this it's got to be because of this it's got to be if i can't do this it's got to be right but you hit the you hit the head on the nail man where you say no it's yeah there's a lot of feelings there's a lot of things that we can we can bring into the into this situation but when it really comes down to is are we willing to take responsibility are we willing to be disciplined correct and you know that's part of my job where when people hire me as a trainer i'm like hey listen i'm gonna mentor you i'm gonna be like a broken record i'm gonna constantly ask you you know what you're doing yeah and i feel like that's part of my job to remind you because that's why you hired me yeah to keep you accountable to you know check progress of your pictures or how you're looking and so forth you know but yeah, it's it's just it's amazing, man, how society nowadays have completely devanished discipline and structure, and you know because I do it and I know the success has brought me. I'm like, yo, it's just as easy as doing what you need to do when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah, you know, because not everybody wants to go to the gym. I yeah. get it. Not everybody's invited to you know want to be a bodybuilder. Not everybody's invited to be an actor or yeah. a business owner, or whatever, right? So I just tell people, hey, you know what? <clears throat> comfortability will not get you to where you want to go yeah you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable Mm. because if you don't you're always going to be comfortable doing the same thing over and over and over and over and years after years after years and i've met guys nowadays that they still living with their mom and they're like 40 50 years old they have like no money saved up and it's like man you needed a lot of structure in your life because Unfortunately, maybe they didn't have anybody to teach them. Yeah. Right. And you can't blame them for it, but maybe you just encourage them to to do something. Like yeah. That, you know, in a certain in a professional way. But yeah, man, it's interesting. You know, the whole acting and bodybuilding and being a father and yeah. coach, uh, business owner, has flourished through all these years. And and I I believe that it's it's been God, man. God yeah. has been doing that for me and others. I mean, my buddy Ruben had an amazing story beating cancer, Anthony growing yeah. up, you know? Yeah. I think everybody has a story to be told. They just gotta say it. We gotta encourage it more. I think we encourage it, you we know. We gotta encourage it more. Because I think that's what we've become twenty twenty I'll be honest, twenty twenty what it did for a lot of people, man, is that it it created a lot of friction and combativeness. Yeah. You know, where, you know, where people feel like they can't just sit down and have a conversation, man. And just, yeah, exp- you got that right. And just sure. express and say, hey, you know what? Like, this is how your life is turning out, you know, and, and, or this is, you know, how your life has turned out. Yeah. I get it. You know what I mean? But how about, you know, how about some guidance now? Yeah. How about how about sharing some of my experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that we've we've lost a lot of that. We've lost so much of that because now it's like we just want to know who's right. Right. We just want to know who's right, who's wrong. We want to know who we can blame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not about who we can blame. It's about us 
us being able to express ourselves, yeah. you know, even if we have different opinions, sure. even if we have different beliefs, beliefs, but being able to come together and come to the table to sit down, to have a conversation and to really, man, say, hey, you know what? Um, that's some good stuff that you brought out. I never, I never knew because we never know what we can learn from each other. Mm. You know, we never know what people truly go through. You know, like your story, man, is, you know, like you said, some people can probably look at you and say, whoa, they can be intimidated. Sure. But man, you know, once they hear this story, once they hear where you're coming from, once yeah. they understand the pain, the hurt, the sacrifice, everything that you had to go through, man, as yeah. a human, as a man, yeah. man, and that people... People learn to appreciate Johnny. Yeah. People learn to appreciate and vice versa. Yeah. I think you said it earlier. Man, I've come to appreciate who people are. Right. I've come to understand who people are by not just because I'm there training them, they're hiring me to train them, but because you you sit there and you hear their stories. Yeah. You listen to what they have to say. And that just creates empathy. True. And we need more empathy, man. Yeah. I agree, man, because, <clears throat> like I said, going back to, you know, structure and discipline, a lot of people just weren't brought up that way. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, sometimes kids are not bad just because they're bad. They're just bad because they don't know better. Yeah. But they didn't have a mother or father to be there for them. Right. So in most cases, 99.9% of the time is, is the parents' responsibility to be parents. Yeah. To be there for them, to be involved, to be emotionally yeah. uh, there for them, to hear them out. And to genuinely give them time, you know, yeah. day in, day out. Because, you know, what I've learned as a father, because it's crazy, because, you know, when my her mom was pregnant with her, I was praying for a boy. I was like, God, give me a boy. Yeah. I don't want to deal with no girl getting pregnant <laughs> or pff, all these emotions. Yeah. Oh, man, God gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. So, yeah. no, I'm just thankful to God that she, you know, she's my daughter and she's super athletic now. She actually lost 25 pounds on her own. Wow. And the only thing I told her to do is cut out junk food and fast food. And that's what she did. Wow. To this day, I have a hard time getting her to even eat a slice of pizza because she's just like, I don't crave it. Wow. So, and, and a lot of it started because, you know, at one point, you know, her mom and I would feed her like healthy food because we knew better. Yeah. But her mom, most importantly, would feed her like frozen foods like chicken nuggets. And it, we're all guilty for it, right? Yeah, yeah. But we got to really establish the foundation of the basics vegetables, fruits, water, you know, juice in moderation, sodas yeah. in moderation, nitrogen yeah. in moderation. So I think uh, at a young age, I told her, I'm like, baby girl, you have more discipline than daddy's ever had all his life. Yeah. Daddy just started gaining this discipline like 10 years ago. Yeah. I was terrible. In the morning, I would eat hot Cheetos and drink Coke <laughs> at like 10 years old. She's over here eating, eating like three eggs, egg whites, and like half a cup of oatmeal. That's what I've told her to eat. That's the breakfast of champions. And so <clears throat> now it's like, I told her, I was like, you have so much more going on for yourself than yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see that you have God in your life. You know how to eat healthy. You're active. Like you have me as your father to guide you. Like you yeah. have a lot of resource. Yeah. That's what I told her. I said, I'm here for you for anything you need. Like I got your back hundred yeah. percent. You can count on me. And I said, in the future, when you start dating or meeting a boy or a man, he needs to be just like daddy or better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like set the standards. Like yeah. it's one of those things that I think nowadays, I think girls grow up not having that father figure or whatever father figure they had and they look for it elsewhere. Yeah. And it's yeah. one of those things that now my daughter knows better that, you know, I tell her everything, man, everything. We talk about everything, drugs, 
sex. Like I tell her how it is. I don't sugarcoat it because she needs to know how the world really is. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents need to be a little bit more open with them. Yeah. Because kids get curious. You they, know? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's true, man. They really get curious, and uh, you know they they don't know better sometimes. Yeah. So they 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 usually fall into temptation and then they learn from the trials and you know the yeah. effects of repercussions of like trying drugs or yeah. drinking or bad influence and it's better us yeah. it is better us than 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 someone else teaching them you know mm -hmm. someone that doesn't have might not have their best interests correct absolutely man and you know what's crazy is like to think like in 2020 you know landing two men's fitness magazines turning professional uh getting movie uh scripts like, I never thought that that would happen on a year like that where everybody was hurting, everybody was going through, you know, health issues. I was, like, thriving because I was, like, people were, like, aren't you scared to go out, you know? And I was, like, nah, man, I live by faith, not by sight. Yeah. This this, this <laughs> virus ain't going to do nothing to me, even though I got it twice. But the first time I kicked my butt. <laughs> but the second one, I fought it with some Z-Pack and a trimal flu. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it got crazy, man. A lot of people after COVID just changed. Yeah. Even family. Family was just not as you know, uh, united. And yeah. My family, like we used to unite for everything. And I was like, just me, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my, my daughter. And that's it. Yeah. Back then it was my tias, my tios, my cousins, you know, this pandemic has really separated a lot of people yeah. and businesses and unfortunately has, you know, changed lives for the better or for the worse. Yeah. Some people lost loved ones, you know? And so my thing was after 2020, I'm like, man, I'm just gonna, you know, really go forth what I want to accomplish in life and who I want to help yeah. and who wants to be part of, you know, my circle. But my circle is pretty small, man. I don't have like, cause I can tell I have a, you know, the discerning gift to who's for me, who's against me. Yeah. And 99, 99% of, of the time I'm right. You know? And that's why I affiliate with people from afar. Yeah. Because like I tell people and I tell my clients and my daughter, I said, sometimes you'll have people that will be negative towards you, and that's okay. Let them be negative. Let them be salty because you're better than that, you know? Mm. If people are going to be a certain way with you, yeah, it, there's a reason why that way. they're that way with you. It's maybe because you look a certain way, you have something that, you know, they want that you have that, that they don't have, or they just never had love. Yeah. Right? Well, they've never been so loved and that's okay. You know, you let those people, you know, do what they need to do, prosecute you, whatever. Yeah. And you just move on with your life. Yeah. Or sometimes when I tell people about, you know, haters and social media talking smack, I'm like, I don't really reply to the messages cause they're beneath me. I'm above them. I'm like, yeah. I'm at a level where I'm like the negative comments don't affect me anymore. Yeah. Cause I've been called everything in the book and I could care less. Yeah. I'm going to show another thing that changed my life forever. The minute I stopped caring about what people thought or said about me, my life changed mm. for the better. And why is that? Because I've realized that nobody's opinion matters. Nobody's. Only yeah. God's. So at the end of the day, anybody can say whatever they want about me, whether they've heard bad or good. And most of the time will be good. Because I'll tell you this much. At 34... I've never burned a bridge and I've never ever, ever done anybody dirty. I could go to home to sleep in peace Yeah. to know that I've never betrayed anybody. I've never done anything wrong to hurt somebody Yeah. and that I've always made it to become a peaceful ending. If that's yeah. the case, relationship, friendship, whatever. 
I my thing is I have a heart that I don't like to make other people's hearts hurt because yeah. I know the pain that it takes. And so I have such a good heart that I want to see everybody do good. Yeah. Right? And so my thing is how can I make somebody feel good about themselves by talking to me? And that's sharing my story and encouraging them and giving them hope, right? Yeah. Nowadays, you know, you'll have guys come up to you, try to size you up. Well, me all the time, because, <laughs> like, hey, man, how much you been for us? Or back in my days, I'm like, bro, like, what does it matter? Like, what is it that you want from me? Well, yeah. What did you want to talk about? Right? Because a lot of people want to first brag about what they've done, where they're at, which is cool, right? Talk about you. I'll get to know you. You'll get to know me. But, you know, in all reality, it's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's about everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody needs to, you know, learn from each other to become better for themselves. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people, you know, just don't know how to express themselves nowadays. Yeah. Don't know how to hold a conversation or can't appreciate what someone's done for them. Yeah. So those little things, man, like, I think what I tell people, or I tell my daughter too, I'm like, you know, life experiences are the best. Yeah. Because they're the best teachers. Yeah, they're the best teachers in life, man. Because without the bad experiences or the good experiences, you wouldn't be where you're at yeah. now. So even nowadays, they're like, oh man, after you know your, your marriage, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm thankful for my marriage. Yeah. I'm thankful for everything. People that have left me or didn't believe in me, that just thought I was crazy or wanted to go elsewhere. I'm like, I'm thankful for them. Yeah. You know, and I'm not. I'm not bitter. I'm not. I don't hold a grudge. I. I'll forgive them again if they want to come back in life and still be friends, but we won't be that. Yeah. You know, yeah. boys or, you know, buddy, buddy, because I've, you've done me dirty once. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's one of those things that when I know people are after me for, you know, to learn or, you know, see how they can hurt me, I just segregate myself with them. You know, I just yeah. kind of do my own thing. I'd rather, you know, do my own thing and just know that. I'm focused on what I, I want to do. I love that, man. And some people, you know, they'll see that. They'll try to distract you. They'll try to, like, manipulate you that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And it's just like, nah, man. I, I'm establishing my mind and heart what I want to do. Yeah. I encourage you to do the same thing. <laughs> you know what dude, I mean? That's, that's awesome. I love that, man. I love that way of thinking, man. And, man, dude, this is – I love this conversation, thank man. You, man. I love it, man. And and there's so much gold that that was shared here today and thank and thank you so much man for sharing your story Johnny I know there's a lot more I know <laughs> yeah. there's a lot more to it man <laughs> we'll do episode you know, 1 right now yeah this is yeah for real man i always <laughs> tell people next time i come yeah. back i'll be in olympia i'll be a yeah, real estate agent yeah no and 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 for real i always tell people man like we got to do a part 2 because yeah. I, i'm i'm so fascinated by everything that you you're going through and i love i love how you are so open yeah. to to God's leading and yeah. to the opportunities that are for you. you're not stuck in and just saying, man, you know what? No, 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 no. This is this is what I have to do. This is what I have to finish. This is what I have to accomplish, you know, but you're so open. You're you're open to. And that's what we I, I want to encourage our, our listeners is that, man, don't don't ever feel that you're you know, you have to stay stuck in one thing, Correct. you know, look for those opportunities that sometimes are in front of us, even if they look like work, right. you know, even if it looks like hard work, you know, so Johnny, man, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I know a lot of people are going to, um, are going to, are, they're going to grow from this. I know that they're going to learn from this. They're going to learn who you are yeah. and what are, you gave some great, great advice, but just to close, man, if you can look at right here at this camera right here and, and just give them give them last words of advice, man, for 
for this episode? Well, I mean, all my success, all my love, all I've been through and what I've got out through has been because of God. And I can highly encourage you to seek God and put God first. That's right. And I'm not saying it just for you to start going to church and be religious. I'm just saying it just so you know where life, the, the life way of living your life will be through having God in your life. Because he is the reason why I am who I am, where I'm at, where I'm going. And have faith, have hope, and just give everything you got in life. You know, if you don't know God right now, that's great. You know, eventually you'll get to know him if you want to get to know him. And if you don't know him right now, I would just say, hey, in life right now, just find out your passions, find out what you like, what you're about, and just give back. Give back, you know, uh, share others with what you've been through, and you'll see that people will appreciate that when you open up with them, you know. But most importantly, man, just in life, be positive, be loving, give back, respect, love, you know, do the right thing. Just everything that, you know, life is about integrity. If you do everything according to what's right, more than likely your life will be good. Yeah. But if you lie, you cheat, you steal, there's repercussions. There's there's consequences to that. Yeah. So just do right in life. Work your butt off. Believe in yourself. Don't take what people tell you into heart mm-hmm. if it's not part of your life, your journey, your destiny, your your vision, your dreams. And disregard the noise. And just do you. Just get up every day with ambition and thank God every day for a new day, you know, because that's what I do. Every day I wake up and I'm like, God, thank you for this, for another opportunity to be great, you know, for not just for me, but for others and for my daughter. So, you know, put God first, you know, live your life the right way, make right decisions, and you'll see your life flourish, man. You know, if you help others, Eventually, other people are going to help you. Yeah. You know, and I'm so thankful and grateful to be in this podcast because, you know, whoever listens to this hour and a half long st- story, I'd appreciate the heck out of you because hopefully I didn't bore half of No, and they will. <laughs> no, no, they will, man. I've they heard some will. people like, yeah, I heard <laughs> Anthony's story. I heard it too. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't realize this. So when I saw him, I was like, bro, that's deep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we'll see, man. Hopefully, those that tune in and listen and hear out my story and, you know, if they have any questions in person when they see me, feel free to ask them. And yeah. And how can they find you? How can they find you on social media? Um, they could find me through um, Instagram. I have Johnny Swole 23 which is my my main page. It's uh, at J-O-H-N-N-Y-S-W-O-L-E-2-3. I have like five pages. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put them all. I'll put yeah. them all right there on the description. Small beef jerky, small <laughs> angels, team small physique, act the lifestyle fitness three sixty five. So it's yeah. about five pages I run by myself. Nice. It's a little monotonous sometimes. A little chaotic, <laughs> like the emoji of my eyes cross. So I tell yeah. people, hey, if I don't respond right away, just give me a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, my freaking phone blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, and yeah, so. I appreciate and yeah, I'll put all his uh, his links, his social media, uh, right there in the description of this video. I want to thank you guys so much, Offbeat Podcast, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, till next time, man. Again, don't forget to subscribe. Hit the subscribe, hit the alert button right there, so that each time we drop a new episode, you'll be able to get the notification. Uh, don't forget to share it. Share it with your friends, with your family. You know what I mean? We we want to keep blowing this up. We want to keep spreading this good energy. Uh, we want to keep spreading these good vibes to people. Why? Because we want, we want the whole emphasis of this is 
people are out there. People are out there. People are feeling like they're offbeat. Yeah. People are feeling, man, like their life has no meaning, like their life has no purpose. Right. But we're here to let you know, man, that you know what? Even though you might not be going through the rhythm of life, man, God has a different rhythm for you. Yep. God has something special for you. So don't ever forget that. This podcast is for us, for everyone who's felt like you've been offbeat, that things have happened and it's taken you offbeat. But guess what? There's always a purpose behind everything we go through, man. So stay up. Stay positive. We love you guys, man. Till next time, let's go. Offbeat Podcast. <laughs>